for our text today, please turn to the cover of your bulletin. <laughs> really? Yep, yep. Maybe I better explain that. I, you know, I know I better explain that. There'll be some people listening to this broadcast online and they'll be thinking, boy, they've really gotten liberal now. They don't even use the Bible, but, uh, we're going to use the Bible. The only reason I can say turn to the front cover of your bulletin is because uh, without knowing what I was going to preach, it just so happened that Bev put the text of the message on the bulletin cover. And this is Mother's Day, and uh, and it's my hope, my desire to be a blessing to mothers and a grief to those who are not. So you can figure out which side you're on and whether you're going to be happy or sad. But uh, our main goal this morning is to encourage our mothers. We'll get to our text in just a little bit. But while we're thinking about Mother's Day, so I sat in the office yesterday morning and was thinking about today, and I thought, you know, there are some other folks that we need to to talk about. We we need to think about the fact that, you know, there are those that uh, do not have a godly mother. You know, while you and I are rejoicing about the wonderful privilege that we have of uh, having a good mother, you know, strictly speaking, just to define a mother is someone who produces a child. I mean, that's just a strict definition. But let me tell you, not all mothers are worthy of praise. There are many mothers, strictly defined, who are wicked, vile, sinful human beings. They've given birth to children. Many of them are in prison, and others ought to be in prison. So remember, when we talk about, you know, in glowing terms about our, you know, our sweet, mothers, and our wonderful childhood, stop and think for a little bit about the fact that there are some people who have no idea what we're talking about. They don't know what it is to have a mother like that. And then there are those who do not even know who their birth mother is. And then there are mothers who do not know where their child is. There are mothers who had uh, had an abortion. It's just hard to imagine living with that with that guilt of knowing that you aborted uh, a baby, not a fetus, a baby. Then there are women that cannot be mothers. Uh, you know, every mother here would tell you that although it's a difficult job, it's a great delight. They, they thrill that, you know, most women want to be mothers. And there are women who desperately want to be mothers that cannot be mothers. Then there are single parent mothers. Here on this Mother's Day, while we are doing our best to honor mothers, there are single parent mothers out here that are being forced to work because some no good husband deserted them and left 
left her high and dry with three or four kids to raise, and she's all by herself. Pretty hard for her to enjoy Mother's Day. They're abused wives and mothers. They get beaten down rather than honored. And I mention all of this because whenever we consider all of these other people that that do not have such a wonderful time on Mother's Day, I, you know, I, I, I think it makes us even more thankful for the privilege of having had a good mother. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, godly mothers. And while we think about these different people for different reasons, understand that uh, when we talk about godly mothers, we're talking about those that are unlike Unlike others. Notice in verse number 30, Proverbs 31, verse 30, A woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. I don't know whether or not you've noticed, uh, but a lot of the preaching today about about mothers has to do with pointing out uh, the commands regarding her position. I've been guilty of what I'm talking about here when I say this. I want you to listen carefully. I'll guarantee you right now across America, there will be mothers attending church and they'll be hearing sermons about the greatness of their responsibilities to do this and to do that. They'll hear messages calling attention to their failures They'll hear sermons warning them about uh, how they better get in line or get hurt. And, you know, we, we don't say nearly enough about the things that would actually honor and encourage mothers. Now, I understand how this happens because so many people, so many women fail in their duties as mothers and something needs to be said about that. Uh, But I don't know why we have to do it on Mother's Day. You, You see, there's a time and a place to go through the Bible and to look at our responsibilities and to be warned from God's Word about neglecting those responsibilities. But but why do we have to do that on Mother's Day? I'm afraid a lot of mothers go home after hearing a Mother's Day sermon and they feel like they've been beaten half to death. Rather than being honored, they've been humiliated and they've been hurt. They don't even want to go back. If you ladies feel like saying amen to that, go ahead. Because you know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's happened. Mother's Day, we want to honor our mothers. And then, you know, we spend 30 to 45 minutes berating them and uh, beating them till they're black and blue and then then hope they'll leave with a good attitude and enjoy their meal. Well, listen, if the purpose of Mother's Day is to honor mothers, I think that's exactly what we ought to do. There's a time for all of those other things that I just mentioned. But notice he says here, a woman that feareth the Lord. That would be a godly woman. That would be a virtuous woman. And he says, a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. 
And shame on us if we don't do that. So let me give you some motivation maybe, and I think it will help us if we uh, to understand this, if we just consider for a moment what this chapter is all about. If you go all the way back, and we're not going to read it, and we're not going to get bogged down on any part of it, but this section that deals with the virtuous woman is divided into three parts. It starts in verse number 10, and there it speaks about her worth or her price. Then beginning in verse 11 and through verse number 27, it talks here about her work. And it gives us a picture of the virtuous woman and the work that she is engaged in. But when we get to verse 28 and down through verse number 31, it speaks about her worthiness or the praise that she deserves. And I could speak for hours about the first part of this without any problem whatsoever, but I'm not going to do that. I want to just focus for a few minutes on the part that is dedicated to the praise for godly mothers. The Bible tells us that we are to give honor unto whom honor is due. That goes far beyond motherhood, naturally. That would include, you know, those in authority and so on and so forth. And we could apply that to a lot of people in a lot of different situations that we're to give honor and to whom honor is due. But let me tell you that nobody is more deserving of honor than godly mothers. Because no one has made a greater contribution to our world than godly mothers. Now, if you want to insist that I say something about her responsibilities, about her duties, I will, but only to the extent as to remind you of how difficult they are. And if you read verses 11 through 27, and you look at all of those things, that boy, it is amazing to think about a job description like that. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. And she'll do him good, not evil. Verse 12, she seeketh wool. Verse 13, she's like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is uh, yet night and giveth meat to the portion of the uh, household and a portion of the maidens and considerers of field and buys. It, it just goes on and on and on speaking about the men and responsibilities of a virtuous woman. And you look at the job description, so to speak, and you see the difficulty of it. And by the way, you need to do that, but not in order for you to correct the mothers. We need to do that for the sake of understanding because of her difficulties, she is all the more deserving of praise from us. I guess what I'm trying to say is not just anybody can do that. Some of you big tough guys think you can. Just try it for a while and see how you you fare. Not just anybody can do that. Not just anybody is willing to do that. So that's why they're deserving of praise whenever you take into consideration all of the, the, the responsibilities that are laid upon them. How in the world can we not praise them? How can we refuse to honor them? And according to our text here, 
She is deserving of praise. And by the way, it says we are commanded to give it. We're commanded to give it. It's it's not not a matter of uh, of something being optional. We're commanded to do it. Just like the Bible commands us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. You know, don't, don't we consider that to be important, that Christians ought to attend church? Just like the Bible, you know, gives us commands about all of our various responsibilities. Like the Bible commands us in regards to the disciplines of a Christian's life. The Bible commands us in regards to our mission in life, to go into all the world and preach the gospel and so forth. Those are all commands that God has given us. And the same Bible tells us that we are to praise these godly women. Now let me ask you a question. What would you think of someone that owed you $10,000 and uh, never offered to pay any of it back? They owe it to you. You need it. I mean, you're in the hole. You're going to have to do without something. They've got it. They owe it. They won't give it to you. What do you, what do you think about people like that? What about, what about their character? I mean, what do you think? Well, not too highly, I suppose, right? You know, it's not quite so bad if they owe somebody else $10,000 and they're not getting it. You know, that's one thing. When it gets really personal and they owe you 10000 and you're not getting it, what do you think? Let me tell you, the person that refuses to honor their mother is worse than a thief that refuses to pay their bills. Because this is far more important than money. We're talking about a woman who has dedicated herself to the welfare of her family, a woman who has given sacrificially, a woman who has loved her family unconditionally, poured out her life, invested her life in taking care of other people, and for her not to receive the honor that is due unto her is a sin on our part. I'm not going to keep you long this morning, but I'm going to say some things I want to make sure you get. I said at the beginning, I want this message to be all about honoring those godly women. And I want it to be a grief to those that do not. I don't want you to leave here feeling comfortable. Well, I mean, after all, nobody would think anything about it if I got up this morning and said, you know, if this wasn't Mother's Day, and said, I'm going to preach against drugs. I'm going to preach against, you know, I don't want to get started naming sins and what have you. I could just give a long list of sins and, boy, everybody say amen. Boy, something needs to be said about that. It's eating away at our society. It's ruining lives. It's doing so much harm. It's about time, preacher, you got up there and said something about it and preached about that. Let me tell you, I can't think of anything much worse than what we're talking about, folks. To think about a woman investing her life in your welfare and you are indebted to her 
and for you to not even give her the honor that she deserves by praising her. So what should be the response? Let me tell you what I don't want you to do. And I've seen this happen over and over in years gone by. Preach a message about you respecting and honoring and praising your mother and someone gets under conviction because they haven't been doing it. You know, they got her a card and they maybe give her a little something, but the rest of the year they just ignored her and so forth. And it actually did about as much harm as anything to, you know, that one day out of the year to give her a card that's going to make up for all of the rest of the year. I mean, they're smarter than that. And I've seen people at the end of the service go over to their mother and, and look, I'm not belittling them for this, but and go over and hug her and kiss her and say, Mom, I'm so sorry I haven't given you the attention and the love that I should have. And I want you to know I'm so sorry about that. Now listen, I do not want you to rush to your mother's side this morning And tell her you're sorry about your failure. I don't want you to do that. I want you to do something more important than that. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, what could be more important? I mean, my land, if I failed her so miserably, surely I need to go apologize. Well, we'll get to that. But there's something more important than that. Before you rush to her side, you need to run to God and you need to confess your sin and get it right with God before you try to make it right with her. You you see, we never make anything right by resolving to do better. And there's so many times in our life, whether it's this sin or some other sin, maybe the church is having a revival meeting and boy, the preacher gets up... And it's one of those red-hot barn burners, you know, and it's scorching and everybody is miserable and they're crying and he hit on their sin. And so, you know, here they come down the aisle and it's, you know, preacher, I'm guilty. I, you know, I, I did that, but they never really get it right with God. Just, just acknowledging that you did wrong and resolving to do better doesn't make it right until you confess it to God. Because the welfare of all of our relationships hinges upon the quality of our relationship with God. The command to love one another. That all gets back to to whether or not we love God, right? Because we can't love each other as we ought to unless we love God as we should. So instead of rushing to your mother's side and saying, Mother, I'm so sorry. I've neglected you. I haven't honored you like I should. I haven't given you the praise that you deserve. You need to spend some time this morning confessing your sin to God and then, then you can go to your mother and let her know that you have dealt with this matter before God and you want her to pray for you that you'll not fail again. You know, it's time we Christians started dealing with our sins. If we, if we want God's blessings upon the church, 
then we've got to deal with our sins. And let me tell you, this is one of the worst of the sins. You know, I can't think of any sin that does more harm than the lack of natural affection. Didn't the Bible talk about that? Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 3. Where he talks about in the last days perilous times to come, men be lovers of their own self. And he says, be without natural affection. Do you want to know where that leads when that natural affection is gone? Let me tell you, we're living in a day where we don't see it like we used to. So what's the result of a society where natural affection is lacking. Have you ever read Romans chapter number 1? What a horrible, terrible picture. Where it talks about men and women doing those things that are against the natural use of the body. Things that go totally contrary to what nature teaches us. And we get what we've got when there is a lack of love. And that, you know, I mean, you would think any mother would love their children. I'm telling you, they don't. There are a lot of them that don't. They bring them into the world and they don't want them. They bring them into the world and they neglect them. They care nothing about those children. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2 or 3 there where it talks about, it says that children honor their parents, their mothers, and their fathers. That's just, listen, that is a serious command. If you don't believe it, remember this. It's the only commandment with promise a promise of longevity. Right. Amen. It says, if you do that, your days will be long upon the earth and you'll prosper. The best thing, you know, that you can, that you can do is, and I always remember the story about the young fellow that got married and so he was talking to his father-in-law who had been married like 50 years and he asked him the secret of, uh, the secret of his success, and he said, I want to show you the secret of success, and he showed him his watch that his father-in-law had, had inscribed on the front of it, said, say something nice to Sarah every day. He said, that's been the secret of my success, to say something nice to Sarah every day. And yet there are people in the world today that have lost that connection and love and affection for their own children. Think about it. I think just about everybody here is interested in living longer, right? And we're interested in prospering in this world, are we not? And the Bible gives you the the formula for that, and that is to honor your, your mother and your father. That's a responsibility that you have. Now, let me, let me close by speaking directly to the mothers for just a little bit. 
I realize that at the present, many of you are deprived from the praise that you deserve. You work for it. You earned it. You deserve it, but you don't get it. In fact, I think I could safely say probably none of you get as much praise as what you actually deserve. But I want to remind you that someday you will. You know, I've often said as a, as a preacher and as a person that my, the, the longing of my heart is whenever it's all said and done and I step out into eternity, the one thing above everything that I want is to hear Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That'll make all of the toils of the road seem as nothing. That'll make it all worthwhile. Let me tell you, mothers, listen, you might not receive it here, but your day is coming. Now, I understand that does not eliminate the unfairness of life now. That, it doesn't take that away. I, I realize that, but it'll help you to deal with it. And it helps you to deal with it because it is God's assurance that your labor is not in vain. That it means something, that it is important, that it really does count. So you keep at it. Because it matters to the Lord. But let me give you something else I want you to think about this morning. And and hopefully it will encourage you. You are a vanishing breed that, you know, the natural affection is getting more and more rare, as I said, and the world needs people like you more than ever. Don't be discouraged by the neglect of other people. Listen, Their failure proves that they are in great need of your example. The very fact they're failing shows they need you whether they think they do or not. Because without seeing you, without seeing your example, they'll never know anything about unconditional love. They need you. And listen, nobody can take your place. Nobody, you know, like mother. And I understand that greatness is not always recognized until after the person is gone. You look down through history, and we've seen that time and time again. Someone who during the course of their lifetime received no honor, no praise, no recognition for what they did, but after they're dead and gone, we erect monuments to them. Put their name in bold type in the history books. They made an impact. They made the world a better place. But they never received any of the adulation for the great things they did because nobody recognized it while they were here. Let me tell you, the greatest fruit of your labor might come after you have gone to be with the Lord.
And I just pray this morning that your children will awaken as to your true greatness and that they will emulate your example. And I'll tell you one thing. Listen, they can't say you didn't give them a chance. If you've lived the life of a virtuous woman, if you have been a God-fearing woman who did those things that a good mother does, your children can't say, I didn't have a chance, because they've had the best teacher that man could possibly have, and that is a godly mother. Let me put it another way. You are your child's best chance for becoming a Christian and living a godly life. Without you, their chance plummets to nearly zero. They need you. And the very fact that they fail, the very fact that they refuse to honor you and to praise you and to, and to even be a decent human being, it just proves they need you all the more. You want to know what, what it is that makes you so valuable? It's your rareness. As I said, you're a vanishing breed. There are not many like you. And he tells us here in verse number 10, your price is what? Far above rubies. Several years ago, I bought Bev a picture that was a hand-painted picture by a fellow back in Kentucky, and that was the, the title of it, Beautiful Picture. Far above rubies. And that expresses the value of the virtuous woman. Her price is far above rubies. It's like saying that, you know, it's far more important and more valuable than silver and gold and precious stone and all of those things. If you have a godly mother, if you, listen, if you, if you starve to death tomorrow, you're not a poor person if you've had a godly mother. What a wonderful privilege it is to have a mother that truly loves God and demonstrates the unconditional love of Christ to her children. And maybe you're here this morning and you realize, Brother Stone, I'm a mother and I realize that I have failed miserably. Listen carefully. I'm not here to... I'm not here to beat you down. I'm here to tell you that there's good news. There is hope. Regardless of what you've been, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you failed to do, there is hope for you this morning, and that hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because none of us can be the people that we ought to be, whether we're talking about wives or mothers or husbands and fathers, regardless of who it is. None of us can ever be everything we ought to be until, until we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't you dare quit, Mom. Don't you give up. And whenever you think about the failure of your children to give you the honor that you deserve, and I know that hurts, but listen... You let that be a reminder to you because of their failure. It is just strong evidence they need me all the more. I'm so glad for 
the two women who loved me most in this life, the one who gave me birth and, and the one who gave me wings, the one who stuck with me when, when she had every reason to turn against me. Bev and I were talking this morning, and I won't go into the detail of it and everything. But part of it had to do with her her mother. And uh, those of you that are here today, and your mother's dead and gone, and I'll guarantee you, you wish so much that you could just hug her again, kiss her on the cheek. I, listen, I don't remember a, a lot of things, and the older I get, the more I forget. But I can still remember the exact spot I was standing. I can remember the, in, in almost vivid detail the last time that I hugged my mama goodbye and kissed her on the cheek. I, I remember that. It's crystal clear in my mind. So we were talking about her mother, and I mentioned the fact that I was so glad that her mother, when Bev had every reason to leave me before I ever become a Christian, her mother encouraged her to stay with me. She must have been out of her mind. Why would she do that? But she did. She did. And I am so glad to have the privilege of being married to a woman who is the kind of mother that I've been talking about this morning that deserves every bit of the praise and the honor that her children can give to her. She she deserves that. And I realize she's not the only one. We look around this room today these mothers that you live for your family. You'd do anything for your kids and your husband. You love them. Listen, listen, children, and, and I say that, that use that word children, whether you're 8 or 80, however old you are, if your mother is alive, don't you dare fail to honor her. Amen. Not just on this Mother's Day, but every single opportunity that you get. Let's stand together. Father, how we thank you, Lord, for loving us and demonstrating your love for us through flesh and blood people such as mothers. How thankful, how thankful I am that, that I had a good mother in the sense that she took care of me and now I have a godly wife who has taken care of our children. I'm so thankful for that. And I just pray today that you'll use my stumbling words in some way and and more than that, use your promises to encourage some dear mother that just is on the brink, on the edge, feels like throwing in the towel. They came here today feeling like nothing matters. It's all in vain and nobody cares. 
Lord, I just pray that the sunshine of your promises might flood their heart and they'll realize that you care and help them to live with that desire to hear you say, well done, and to invest themselves even more in the needs of their children. And if there's someone here today without Christ as their Savior, I pray this very moment that they'll trust Him. And Lord, help those that have failed to honor their mothers to deal with it. Not later, but to deal with it right here, right now, this morning, and confess their sin just like they would any other sin. For we pray in Jesus' name.